Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The Real Housewives of Hockey. Today we'll be running through some news around the league, one trade and contract, that we'll see what's going on with that. We'll have a new little segment about the draft, and then follow it up with the... Is there a name for it? Yeah, it's uh, NHL Sorry. Dynasty League 32. Do you want to introduce who you are? Yeah, my name is Kevin Ostegi. If you want to follow me on the Twitter, uh, my handle is at, at TrueNorthJag, G, no, J-A-G, I can't spell, either way. Follow me on Twitter, I'm a great follow. Yeah, so we're having him on, he's the commissioner of our fantasy league, that it's got to have, it's got some really cool rules to it, it's a very unique league, and... I'm going to do better than Stu. That's my entire goal. I also might go for a complete grinder team. We'll see. Still up in the air. I'm getting some uh, some side-eye. You're already uh, you're already starting behind the eight ball with your draft position there, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. Stu, want to say hello? Hello. I'm Stu. As always, I'm here. And we're happy you're here. So, to start us off, uh, Stu, what, what's going on with the uh, Hockey Canada well, as we uh, we catch up a little bit on the situation last week, Hockey Canada has had their funding paused by the federal government. But adding to the list of uh, companies uh, that have also paused their their funding, Scotiabank was the first uh, with a sort of big letter saying that they will not be. Until they are confident that the right steps are being taken to improve culture within the sport, both on and off the ice, they are, Scotiabank has paused all their funding. And then uh, Canadian Tire, TELUS, Tim Hortons have joined Scotiabank in pausing their funding uh, until Hockey Canada agrees to turn their ship around. Now, mind you... In my personal opinion, I think that this is a bit more of a PR move on the company's fronts than it is actual threat of removing this funding, because there already is steps in place that they're doing. Like, the the government has already said, you will not have a league unless you take these steps. So they're going to follow those steps to get their leagues back. So is it a bad thing that, that the companies are doing this? No. Are they really making a big difference or big change? No. And, and most of them have said in their, their releases that they're, they're reevaluating the sponsorship agreement and, or they're, they're, they're putting it on pause. They aren't, they aren't slamming the door saying, we're done with Hockey Canada, we can't believe what's happening. They're saying there are, there are steps you need to take. And the government has also said there are steps you need to take, and in order to get our money, you have to take those steps. But if you notice, though, it wasn't, they had none of these companies step forward and said this until the government has already taken action. And that's why I think, like, like I said, I don't know how real the threat is of them pulling out their sponsorships. This also could be negotiation tactics to get a new negotiation of that sponsorship going. It'll be interesting to see, but regardless, Bit of an update there. Yeah, and um, moving on, uh, just a little piece of news that came across my desk before uh, we recorded the podcast. Uh, former Toronto Maple Leaf winger uh, Jim Pappen died at the age of 82. Pappen played for the Chicago Blackhawks and California Golden Seals as well, amassing 
278 goals, 573 points uh, in his NHL career, uh, and is the last Toronto Maple Leaf to score a cup-winning goal for the Toronto Maple Leafs when he scored the game-winning goal in Game 7 in 1967. Well, the last ever. The last ever, probably. Probably. At least in my lifetime. I would, I would assume. Yeah. 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 Climate change will take us all. Climate change By the time they win another. By that point, uh, they're just going to be playing uh, pond, no, not pond hockey. Uh, they're going to be playing pool hockey. Moon hockey. Elon Musk will figure something out from ours. I'm not hey, worried. he went to Queens, so he does know <laughs> about the hockey. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's always sad to hear that, but at least he, you know, got to go out with having a cup. It's more than what a lot of players get to say. Yep. The Hall of Fame, Hockey Hall of Fame announced their... Class for the year. Bobby Lou! Yep, that's one of them. Arguably the best Twitter account to ever come out of hockey. Notice the quietness? See? There's no I argument even. Can't. None for me. Yeah. From a great Twitter man himself. Do I am a great Twitter man. Do you follow him? I, I don't. I. You gotta change that. Strongbone 1. Strongbone 1. I am up to. Uh, 232 followers. Oh, I lost two this week. <laughs> What'd you do? Well, I didn't be, I haven't even posted. So There's your problem. I can't tell content. <laughs> well, and join, joining Luongo are Daniel Sedin, Henrik Sedin, Daniel Alfredson, Rika Salinen, who's the nomination in the women's category as the perhaps greatest Finnish player to, to lace up her skates. And uh, the late Herb Carnegie goes in as a builder. So they'll be celebrated at the Hockey Hall of Fame weekend in November. And the uh, Longo goes in as the sort of first de facto Florida Panthers Hall of Famer, if you think about it. He played in, the majority of his career was spent in Florida. Sorry, did you say in the rubber factory? <laughs> the first half of his career, boy. Just just the first half? I'm pretty sure when I went back, it wasn't much better. It, it got a little better. I think they might have, like, you know, downsized and moved some of the rubber factory over to uh, Mexico or something. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, how funny would it have been if they didn't inter- uh, if they'd had one of the Sedin twins and not the other? <laughs> Make the other one wait at least five years. <laughs> yes, yeah, that would be that would be funny. Um, the league was, doesn't have that kind of sense of humor. Now, if I was, now if I was if I was the other one, like if I if it was if I was Daniel and Henrik got in, I'd show up anyway, like and just see if I could sneak on the stage as. What would be funny other. is if 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 Henrik got in first because if one was getting in, it'd be Henrik. I think that's the clear. Does doesn't Daniel have? The major role. Daniel has a heart trophy yeah, and a scoring. Are you sure that Henrik was the was the lead scorer there? I'm I'm probably wrong here, but um, I think it's Daniel that had it. Either way, if if the one that got in, if he decided not to show up and he let his brother show up and just collect the award, collect the award, <laughs> but don't tell anyone that it's it's not him. Well, they did that. They did that for the media all the time. See, that's that's they, what you got to take advantage of that when you have a twin. They also tried to do yeah. get away with uh, penalty switching. Oh my goodness, that's too uh, In Yeah, twenty. it was 2011, uh, Daniel won the Art Ross and the Ted Lindsay 
I was sure Henrik, because I knew Henrik was the the assister and Daniel was the goal scorer for the two. So yeah, there's actually one clip where uh, uh, yeah, I think it was Daniel took the penalty and Henrik skates over to the box. The, the ref like you know gives him the classic pat on the back, get in there. Yeah, and then the he calls it and says Daniel, and the uh, the scorekeeper goes, "You got the wrong guy." <laughs> so they um, almost pulled it off. How it would have been great if they had. Well, the other thing I wanted to bring up just briefly uh during the the talk about uh the hall of fame is uh Haley salvian wrote a really good article about where can you find why it? it's on the athletic um good plug why are we only putting in one woman a year when there are two spots and there are a large group of women who are eligible that should be in like jennifer botterell uh julie chu caroline Nulet. Yeah. Are all you really know at, at at risk of watering down the the women in the Hall of Fame by only allowing in one or two every year? It's like it's <laughs> well, this year it's, it's they have two spots and they only put one. Oh, exactly. Yeah. No, and that's that's my point. Like yeah. it's like I know the NFL is having a huge debate right now. I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, and uh, Tony Baselli he just got in, and there's a there's a former actually he's a member of the Hall of Fame, Bruce Smith. He's getting roasted online because he's saying that. Vasily doesn't do, deserve to be in because he, you know, we only played five years. Wow, we're already we've already watered down the the men's side of the, exactly. the hockey all thing. So. We just put Daniel Alfredson in. Oh, no, no oh, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. That's just a that's just a slight as a Leaf fan. He 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 deserves it based on his career in Detroit. <laughs> man, having to having to put up with Ottawa all those years. Oh. Yeah, man. Like I think he deserves to be in just because of like the battery he dealt with in Eugene. Yeah, oh my goodness. I'm gonna be in I'm gonna be in the front office. Also, oh wait, Eugene Melnick still works here. Yeah. I'm not gonna be in the front office. Also, you've gotta give him credit for trolling Matt Sundin when they played a back to back and Matt threw his stick into the crowd after it broke the next game. You see the fake, and then he laughs at the crowd. <laughs> well, and that, was, and, now, and that was funny, too, because they were buddies on the on the Swedish Olympic team. Now, best, it, it, it was time for Alfredson to get in, and the Senators deserve to have somebody in. Something to actually be joyous about. <laughs> they have to... Yeah. They have to it's, been a, like, it's been a long time. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a rough while for them. They get some good news in that they're actually moving downtown... Daniel Alfredson gets in the hall. It's it's getting better in Ottawa, folks. Alfredson's back with like talking to the organization now. Yeah, so that's yeah. good news there too. And then uh, the last piece of uh, news and notes I wanted to touch on was Kevin Fiala got traded. We have a trade to announce. The Minnesota Wild receive a first round pick and the rights to prospect defenseman Brock Faber or Faber uh, in return for the restricted free agent. So now I have a question. When you trade for a restricted free agent, and you're the if you're his agent, are you like, sweet, we just got paid two million dollars more because we have leverage. They just traded for me. They I know they want me. Or does the team then say, look, I just gave up these assets to bring you here. Like, like, come on, man. Like, join the team. Like, clearly you're going to be a good fit. Like, which side does it go? Do players you, have all the leverage. You think the players have the leverage there? Um, I, I am more of the football expert when it comes to contracts. But, uh, yeah, when you give up a lot of assets and a lot of capital to get a player 
who is then uh, having to be re-signed, you are you generally already have worked out some framework of a deal. So it wouldn't be surprised me if you see a deal coming up shortly. Well, I know it actually. There you go. It's seven by eight, seven six. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't seen the the deal yet. But Teams yeah, can... like once a when you when you see a team paying a first round pick and a a prospect that they picked in the first round last year, they're not doing this without some sort of talk to the agent handshake deal. Yeah. That there's some there's something coming. Yeah. So the, uh, as reported by Puck Reports NHL, seven years, seven eight seven five AAV with a no move clause year two to four and a uh, modified no trade clause year five to seven. That's not a bad deal for Fiala. I don't think so either. I think it's a bad deal for the Kings. And yeah. So here's my my thoughts on the trade. I think the player of Kevin Fiala sounds ideal for the Kings. They need wingers. They need wingers who can score. They need wingers who can put up points. Fiala just had his career high 80 points, 81, 82, somewhere around there. Um, and he, he's a great, he also plays both ends of the ice. He's kind of the better version of uh, what they currently have in like IFL in like that. He, that he kind of fits that mold, but is much, much better offensively. So I think he fits the type of player that you're looking for. But if you look at their cap structure, they have a lot of people signed to a lot of money, so it'll be inter- like goaltending. Aren't they currently play- paying both their goalies above five million dollars? Uh, I will check cap friendly. Um, Fiala is coming off a career best, which saw him score thirty three goals and eighty five points in eighty two games. If this Thanks. was if this was a guy in his late twenties, I would I would look at the seven years and I would kind of worry about it. But he's going to be like 33, 32 when he comes off his contract. So I mean. I have no problem with it. No, I have no problem with like that contract in a bubble, in, well, in, a, in, a, in a vacuum kind and, of thing. It's more just, I don't really see this it, without, like, they can't really make many other improvements. So they're saying, but this not, is it. We're but gonna, but now, Los Angeles isn't a team that looks, that has to look outward for their improvements. Like, if you look inward, you've got Quentin Byfield, who's going to start improving. You've got Gabriel Velarde. I'm not sure how people feel about him anymore, but he's... I think he'll be a serviceable player, but I don't think he's the getting, there. He's not going to give you much of an upgrade. But you've also got guys like Brant Clark coming in um, potentially in the new year. Turcotte. Arthur, Arthur Kaliev. Yeah, there's there's Turcotte. some there's a wealth of prospects coming into that team all on well, they have, all they, on entry level contracts. Like they had, but they have one of the best prospect pools in the the athletics prospect pool yeah. rankings most recently. So I, I think they might have even been one. So like losing one piece, one small piece from their prospect pool. And then and a, a first, first to yeah. get an, an eighty an eighty five point thirty goal scorer. That's yeah. pretty good. I'm not saying the trade's bad. I think the value is good. It's more just you now have Kevin Fiala. You now have him signed for seven seven years. You still have um, you have both your top two centers locked in. And we just talked about Quentin Byfield, Kaliev, or not Kaliev, sorry, Quentin Byfield. Uh, Gabe Velarde and Turcotte. Look. All three of them are centers. So, so Kopitar, as of as of right now, you have a guy playing your AHL who we think could be pretty good. That's probably going to be Gabe, Gabe Velarde in this case. So you they're kind of log jammed there. We didn't name a single defensive prospect, and their goaltending situation. Do we trust Cal Peterson for the future? So I find I like the player. I like him on the team. I just. Don't see how they're going to make like the uh, right adjustments to actually become a true cup contender while they still have Doughty, while they still have uh, 
Kopitar, and they do still have Deneau locked in. Brent Clark. There's a defensive prospect. Yeah, Brent Clark. Let me take um, a look at uh, what LA's got here for goalie prospects. Because mm-hmm. I think that's a big, big starting point. Well, there. and they're they're going to have money coming off the books. Like, because Jonathan, Jonathan Quick, this is his, like, 22-23 is the last year of his deal. Lucas Park playing in the ECHL for all my fantasy players. He's decent numbers, but, I mean, ECHL. Jordan Bennington. Yeah. I mean, you never really know what to expect from goalie prospects anymore, which is why it's all kind of a um, shoot after the, you know, the big-name prospects. Well, and from, from the Minnesota side... They weren't going to be able to afford Fabella. No, no they, I, I, they have they have six and a half million dollars cap space total, and Ryan Suter, Zach Parise will count for twelve point seven of their cap. That is, oh. yeah, no, I, again, that is egregious. It's not that I dislike the trade from either perspective. It's just I want, I'm curious to see what LA can do because I feel like they're a little bit slot locked. I feel like they're a bit cap crunched for this upcoming year and the year after, and they're trying to compete. Yeah, but you've got when you've got so many good young players coming in. I don't know if like they may be looking to compete in the sense that they want to see what they have out of their young guys, but I don't think they're realistically a team that's looking to win the cup. Like if if I don't if think they, they know that <laughs> if they go into the you know into the trade deadline next year as a top three team in their division or a top you know four or five team in the conference, I don't think they'd be a team to make any moves. And if they did make a move, you're talking about a fringe move because I don't think you're. I don't think you'd be trying to touch the core. You'd be trying to touch the young assets at that point. You might bring in a guy like a, an Arturi Lekanen to, you know, build around the edges. Which, again, push did, you over the edge, that but. did cost a first. It cost a second and a first-round prospect. It was uh, yeah. it was Justin Barron, their first-round pick, and a second round for Arturi Lekanen, yeah. which is still... That was an incredible value trade. For, no, for I mean, because they... Sorry, yeah, no, but like, and from like Colorado's perspective, they won the cup, so yes. that's not expensive. No, but, it's not at all. No, but point being, I don't think adding Arturi Lekkonen would then make them a cup contender. So even no, them, even but, but my that point one, would be though yeah. is like if you're trying to go for maybe, maybe Arturi Lekkonen's a bad example. Mm-hmm. Maybe a guy like Arturi Lekkonen who's a bit older with less, you See, know, with one year, you know, with no. no I wouldn't be mad if they got Justin Braun for like a fourth round or a fifth round pick. Like if that was the type of move they're making, they should. Yeah. They shouldn't even do like an Andrew Kopp. They shouldn't. No. Yeah. You're not. You're not looking at anyone where you're giving up significant draft capital and or prospects. Yep. You're you're talking really like a short term rental deal where you know maybe they give you some depth if you have some injuries or if you need it. But I don't think LA is a team that should be pushing to make any more serious moves. I'm. I think they've. This is probably their big move of the summer. Yeah. It's just interesting because like, it, I don't know what it makes them. Because, I have no idea yeah. what anybody in the Pacific Division is going to be next year. So if you position yourself in, you you get a you get a guy with eighty five points in eighty two games last year. You position yourself to losing the conference final to Colorado. If, yeah, maybe. <laughs> if you can get an eighty point score for a former first round pick and a for essentially two first round picks, you're really not doing too badly. Like that's. That's a good deal that I would make any day of the week. I mean, if you're Montreal, you don't make that move. But if you're LA, that's up and coming. Yeah, yeah. You, for you team, make that move when you have the chance. For a team on the up on the upswing or a team that's competing, that's a move you make every day of the week, including Saturday. Now, now you see if you can dangle Drew in front of them. Hey, uh, he's pretty good. I don't know who's going to take Drew out at this point. He's he feels like he's 
He feels like he's stuck in Montreal. Yep. He's he's only yep. got one year left on the deal too, if I'm not mistaken. So and um, yeah. I, I wonder if he's done in the league after that. You know, when he when he's got his mental mental things going, it's uh, mental capacities. Well, there's a word there I'm looking for. It just eludes me. I mean, he's he's got the the high first round pick pedigree, and he's got so we're Nelly Akapov. Some <laughs> he's not a, he's not Russian. Pedigree um, it means so much, but what it, what it really means is that you get five and six chances to stick in the league as a, as compared to a guy who's taken in the sixth round. Yeah. Maybe gets yeah, two chances. Exactly. Like, Duran will get his chances. He'll stick around. Teams will give him tryouts and flyers. But I, I think he is a good enough player to be in the NHL. My, the thing I have a tough time with him is he was terrible defensively and put up good points. Then the next year he's good defensively but didn't put up any points. Then he was just bad. Uh, so I don't know. Can, can he fit in some of the bottom six? I think I think I would like to see him play for Marshall St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um Montreal has, for the last 10 years, not had an, a coach that has let them play offense. Not freely. Um, ever well, since they, partially ever since, because ever, they've had Claude Julien twice. And Michel Therrien twice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the... Yeah, they love to recycle down there in, in Quebec. But um, Well, there are only so many head coaches that speak French, so you have to use use them over again. And, I mean, all it took was getting rid of Marc Bergevin, and they managed to find someone who, I mean... I, I think he did a great job last year in Montreal. I'm I'm over the moon that they brought him back. Early dividends look good. He seemed. I don't think the way I put it from what I've seen out of Martin Saint I think he'll be phenomenal for getting you out of a rebuild. But who knows it, what he can do with playoff hockey? Yeah, and I and that's. But you know what though? I'm not concerned about what he can do with playoff hockey because if you look at Montreal's roster, they're you know ways away from being a playoff team again. I mean, it would take a season of Carey Price playing on his on his game to really even get them into conversation. Yeah, like, I, I think that he definitely seems like the perfect coach for the situation. Bringing out the best in Cole Caulfield, you know, uh, Nick Suzuki, that's got to be your your number one uh, focus going into the next few years. And, of course, whoever they bring in first overall. Well, I was going to say, yeah, as we we're talking about the Montreal Canadiens, the NHL draft is coming up next week. Which brings us to our new segment, You've activated my drop cards, do Right or wrong? So. Is Bob McKenzie right, right or, or wrong? wrong? So to, to explain, Bob McKenzie, in his annual list of prospects going into the draft, had Yuri at number one and Shane Wright at number two. Most of the other... Uh, draft people's draft gurus I've looked at have right at one. Scott Wheeler has right at one. I believe Corey Pronman or one of those two had Slavkowski at one. Bob McKenzie also had uh, Brad Lambert out of the top 20. I've seen Brad Lambert falling on a lot of people's boards, and yes. as a Leafs fan picking in the 20s, I'm like, if Brad Lambert's somewhere there in the 20s... Doug Wilson Jr. is not going to let Brad Lambert go that far. Also, Kyle Dubas liked an article The Athletic posted about Brad Lambert on Twitter, so that means we're trading up for him. Okay, so give us... Here, here, okay. <laughs> you give us William Nylander and Morgan Riley, we'll give you Brad Lambert. Sounds good. Pass. Huh. Shocking. If I'm the Leafs, pass. We'll give you back James Reimer. Um, 
I mean, <laughs> I, I actually like do believe she get James Ryder. Makes no money. Was a really good goaltender last season. Was arguably the Sharks' best player. Okay. Just anyone you put back in that Toronto market, you gotta, you you gotta worry for their mental health, especially someone who's already played in Toronto. True. True. I mean, it's a good Reimer, as well. You bring James Reimer back to Toronto, and I'm I'm not sure how he's gonna be. How he's gonna be. People feeling. loved him in Toronto. Yeah, people loved him, but I don't know how players always feel about playing in Toronto. But getting back to it, as our our uh, fill in Habs fan, there you go. Where where who would you take it to one? In your humble opinion, I so it, just to because I, I caught up. Um, Pronman had Slavkovsky one as well. Scott Wheeler had Shane Wright at one. But it's inter- it's it's certainly an interesting debate. Um, Slavkovsky had the uh, MVP award at the Olympic Games. Has been playing um, pro hockey. Has been. P- playing pro hockey versus Shane Wright, who's a kid that we've been hearing about since he was 14, 15 years old, um, and had a really good uh, first, like, exceptional player season. Had an uh, exceptional, exceptional season. Because he smashed Connor McDavid's records, but um, then didn't play hockey at all when the OHL shut down, and they were the only... Canadian Junior League to not have anything. Both the Western Hockey League and the Quebec Major Junior League had miniature tournaments. And so that didn't help him, I think, when I went and saw him play. Um, and I, I, I've read other people say that, well, yeah, missing a year is going to hurt you. But I, I, I personally still lean towards... The Kingston boy is the as the number one, but I also put money on Uri Slavkovsky going one. So it would make me a tad bit richer if uh, the Habs go with the big guy. It's great. If didn't uh, ask you if I had <laughs> if I had to choose as a Montreal fan, um, if I'm being paid, you know, a good amount of money to be the GM, I would take Shane Wright. If you're uh, being paid less. If I'm not being paid and I'm allowed to, you know, take whoever I want, I don't have to worry about the repercussions. I'm taking Simon Nimich. Oh, um, I've seen people put him at three. It's this draft reminds me a lot of the 2012 draft, in the sense that. Uh, so I guess Neil Yakupov was quite a bit high, more highly regarded than Shane Wright was. Um, I would argue Shane. I wouldn't necessarily say highly regarded. I would just say that he was the clear cut. He was more of a clear cut one. Yeah, versus, he was. He versus, was a clear cut one, but he was also he. There was some. There was quite a bit of hype around him. If you consider, he had a teammate who went third overall, and there was never really any debate between the two. Like everyone knew it was Yakupov, then Yuk, then Galchenyuk. Um, people, you know. Turns out, neither were good picks. Turns out none of the top four really worked out. Um, Ryan Murray at two and Griffin Reinhardt at four. That's that's a rough top four. Ryan Murray's probably the best player of those four. But you know what's Morgan funny about Riley it? Riley at five. Morgan Riley at five. Toronto did something right. So, well, Jacob Trube. Uh, what's it led to? Yeah. Jacob at nine. Philip Forsberg at 11. That first round actually had some <laughs> Wait, did you players. say Martin Erat at 11? Uh, 
A certain uh, Thomas Hurdle I've never heard of at 17. Yeah, there were some good players in that first round. The back half looked a lot better than the top half. Tom Wilson was one pick ahead of that Hurdle kid. But, yeah, so uh, back to my back to my original point here, though. Simon Nemich, if you watch him play. Is it Nemich? Nemich? Nemich. Nemich. Yeah. I, I don't know, but, yeah. I, I haven't uh, looked it up phonetically, yeah. but he's uh, he's a good puck mover. He doesn't have the shot that Juracek has. David Juracek has an absolute bomb from the point. Uh, he's probably going to be a top 10 pick in the draft, potentially top 5. But uh, I I would actually go with Nemec. Um Nemich, I'm you've got me all you got me all confused now. <laughs> Either way, I, I I'm really not a fan of the top half of this draft. Now, um, is your reasoning for that you think the Habs need more defensemen, or it's not that I think they need more defensemen? I'm just higher on the upside. It's not even that I'm higher on the upside. I just think he is the best player in this draft, and I always would rather have the best player regardless of position. Now, if you have you know, 1A and 1B, and one's a center and one's a winger, you take the center. Um, even if the winger may be slightly better, I think you take the center, which is why I think Shane Wright will be the pick. But... So if he's doing a fantasy draft, he's taking a kicker first. If we're talking fantasy football, I have taken linebackers uh, at the top of round two. Okay. Isaiah Simmons. I have greatly regretted it since. <laughs> Um, that being said, my IDPs on my uh, fantasy football squad are banging. I, I invest a lot, though, in defense. Well, With championships. Speaking of fantasy sports, yeah. shall we uh, hand over the mic to my good friend Kevin Ostigy for yeah. fantasy updates? And uh, we're going to do, do, last, do, 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 do one last rattle here to the official sponsor of the podcast, Tic Tacs. Oh, please. <laughs> Please. Here you go, boys. Pretty please. <laughs> so good. Um, alrighty, so let's uh, let's get into the uh, Dynasty 32 League, which has two spots left. If I uh, if I if I should point that out, uh, I currently have, if I'm not mistaken, I have Nashville and Columbus, or Philadelphia. One of those three teams is still available. So, what is this fantasy league? It is a 32 team league. That being said, there is a bit of a twist. You have a separate league for your prospects. Now, this is not necessarily unique in fantasy hockey. Uh, there are plenty of leagues that allow you to have minor squads with, you know, five, ten prospects. That way you can build your team up long term. What is different about my league is that the juniors uh, players you have, their stats are accumulated and then turned into fantasy points, which can potentially win you I have not decided yet, either $300 or $400. So the Prospects League, this will have some monetary value for those who really like to rebuild or just want to win some money in a way that might be a bit easier than the NHL team. Uh, So, how is this draft going to work? Well, we've got 32 teams picking 23 players in the NHL. And we've got 32 teams in the Prospects League picking 16 players in the Prospects draft. Each team has one hour to make their their pick. Uh, For the teams that are unfortunately located, or sorry, the the team owners that are located on the West Coast, I know we have a few out there uh, in the West Coast. We also have one German now, and we have a Kiwi as well. 
So uh, this is phenomenal. Is, this league is That's well phenomenal. I know. I'm, I'm, we're, we're going worldwide, boys. We are well represented. So uh, yeah, so, I'm here for this. So for the guys that uh, take that, that German money that live on the West Coast or that are in a different time zone. We will be starting the draft every day at 10 a.m. I think, I, I don't know if I said 8 a.m. earlier, but... It was 8 a.m. earlier. It was? Okay, well, I've decided to move it to 10 a.m. Eastern time. That way, if you live out on the West Coast and you're three hours behind, you only have to start at 7 a.m. That being said, if you do sleep in one day and it takes you two hours to get yourself going and make your pick, that's fine. I'm not going to auto-pick for you. It's 16 rounds. We start on August 1st. Based off of my rough calculations, we should be done sometime in September. <laughs> so there will be time before the season starts for you to make trades and figure out who's going to be on your NHL team, who's on your prospects team. Now, if I wanted to, can I just like bundle all my future firsts and go get Connor McDavid? Uh, yeah, you can do that after the draft. There will be no draft pick trading during the draft. I want everyone to end with 23 players and 16 on the, on the prospects. I also am trying to avoid certain teams tanking before the season even starts. Um, it, Tank for Bedard. Yeah, so here for Bedard. <laughs> so uh, those teams who have decided already that they're going to tank for Bedard, um, let me just point out, if you want to pick up multiple first-round picks, you can do so. If you are a team trading your first-round pick next year, or if you really, really want to, and you're willing to put your money where your mouth is, you can trade multiple first-round picks. That being said, for every year you trade your first-round pick, you then owe me the commissioner $50, as that will be your buy-in for the upcoming seasons. I will not have teams orphaning themselves with no picks and trade no away. assets. Wait, trade away your first-round pick? Uh, See ya, league! I don't have a first-round pick. No obligations! Yeah. So, wait, I no. one quick question here. So, if I own a team and I was to, like, bring on, let's say, three or four first-round picks, can I then sell my team for, like, 200 bucks? Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> if you if you can find someone out there willing to give you two hundred dollars for your fantasy team, by all means, all, all the power. By to you. All oh yeah, Craigslist, here we go. By but, all uh, means, relocate. <laughs> but I I highly highly advise against it. Um, also, for the prospects league draft, there will be a Google Drive spreadsheet with it's going to have at least fifteen hundred prospects, if not more. If you are drafting. In the Prospects League, you will not be going to Fantrax.com. You'll be going to Google Drive, and you will find a spreadsheet that has all of the players available for the league, and then we'll have a separate spreadsheet for the actual draft itself. You just go onto the spreadsheet, and you just copy and paste the player you want into your team selection, uh, into your open slot, and when it's your turn, you just copy and paste your player in to make your pick. And this spreadsheet may have been Corey Pronman reviewed. He uh, he did look at uh, some of my earlier data. He uh, he never did get back to me, unfortunately. But I will try to get back to him and see if we can maybe uh, have some communication there because this is uh, this is a one of a kind spreadsheet. I gotta say it's uh, no. so yeah. You do you want do you want people to be cutting like? Instead, you said copy and paste. Do you want people to like actually remove the prospect once? Like, you don't have to remove the prospect. Okay. I will be doing that as I go, as I update the, yeah. the, the the spreadsheet every day. I will remove players that have been taken just to avoid confusion. Perfect. Because um, I know once you get past the first few rounds, people really there's a good chance you will not know who you're taking after the first four to five rounds, 
And by that, I mean, you'll have never heard of them before you're taking them. That is to be expected. That is why I had, I had some like uh, China crab. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So once you get past like the top 120, 150, unless, unless you really follow the NHL or, you know, really follow your favorite team, you're only going to recognize a few prospects here and there. Or if you're, if, if you happen to be somebody who follows a WHL, a QMJHL, yeah. an OHL team, AHL, an AHL team, yeah. a Swedish Elite League team, a KHL team. If you're if you're one of our German owners and you've got a Dell team that you want, like you know you got a few players there, you might want to upgrade to an HB team. But that's actually that brings up a good point. If uh, if there is a player who you think has value either as an NHL prospect or just puts up so many points in their junior league or in their pro league. And if they fit the eligibility for the league, so they're 23 and under or anywhere from 18 to 23 and have not have yet to be drafted. I've been told I can't take Yager. Yeah. Uh, Yager is not eligible for the prospects league. He is for the NHL league. Should he make a comeback? That is highly yeah. unlikely, but, uh, I've never seen a 50-year-old make a comeback, but, uh, I mean, Gordy. if anybody was going to do it. I was going to say Gordy Howe, but I guess you weren't alive. No, he didn't so. see it. Well, it happened. Well, yeah, he, he didn't see, see it. it. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Well, yeah. he also, his wording was, I didn't see it. Okay, well. Gordy Howe, I, I think, also didn't make his comeback as a 50-year-old. He made his comeback as, like, a 48-year-old and then just kept playing until he was, like, 53. Nerd. Yeah. Oh, someday it's going to happen with Brawny and LeBron. But anyways, <laughs> not to get too off track here. Yeah. Um, so with that prospects league, what happens with uh, the World Juniors? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm glad you brought this up. So um, I don't know if any of you have ever played Call of Duty Zombies, but occasionally when you kill zombies, you get something called double points. I have decided to bring this idea from zombies over to the prospects league. During the World Junior Tournament, any player on your prospect's roster who is in the World Junior Tournament will collect points during the tournament. Does this run for the August version? Of? Because there's a version, because the the World Juniors, they're playing the cancelled tournament in August. Um, I don't think we won't be done done drafting yet. We will not be done drafting, so I don't think I will include that. It'll it'll be for December. That's a very good point. I didn't think of that. But no, uh, this will be for the December tournament. Oh, there's two tournaments back to back. That's actually, that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. Um, No, so for the December tournament and for the January uh, tournament. um, So does that mean if there's a goalie goal and you have the goalie, it's 20 points? That would be indeed correct. Yeah, I'm gonna start texting my goalie and be like, "Shoot the puck! Shoot the yeah, puck!" <laughs> it's uh, it is double points for any player that is in the World Junior Tournament. So uh, if you want to stack your team with World Juniors players to potentially win the regular season, uh, it's not a bad idea. Also for the prospects league, uh, if you are picking someone off of the f- spreadsheet, I'm gonna ask you wait until like round 12 or 13, mostly for my sanity. Um, I have tracked so many players. That uh, if you somehow find someone who I have not found or if not considered, good for you. Uh, if they actually bring value to your NHL squad, even better. Um, I will I will give you props for that. But yeah, if, if you're if you're asking me to go find someone in a Chinese league or a Ukrainian or Kazakhstan league, like it's 
you will feel my wrath. So you're saying wait till when, sorry? At uh, least like 12, 13, 14. Like I, I have so many players covered there. I can't understand why anyone would really want to go off of the list. Well, hear me out. I'm still under the age of 24. I'm still a, a, a prospect. So can I pick myself? I'm going to need to know what level of hockey this beer league is. Currently none. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a free agent. Oh, well, in that case, uh, if you want to collect your statistics, go for it. But uh, you gonna play, you gonna play Concordia House League hockey next year? <laughs> I just bought it. Yeah. You gonna are you gonna walk on to Concordia's hockey team next year, Riley? No, I'm gonna skate. Okay. No. Uh, but realistically, I'll, I'll send you the tryout dates. Sounds good. <laughs> I, uh, I highly, I highly expect many players will be looking at CHL players for their later round picks, since CHL players play sixty eight games a season. Yeah, that's a ch- that's another challenge uh, for a, a, a college guy, or if if you wanted a, a new sports guy, their seasons are much shorter. Yeah, so you're really going to be looking at you know high level European prospects. Um, CHL and CAA. Uh, anyone who plays on the U.S. national development team will most likely not be available since they are all 17 years old and not eligible until the 23 draft. Um, and AHL, correct? Yes. Yeah, so if you're, you can be in the AHL in this league uh, as long as you're 23 and under. So if you're um, a good example of a player, let's say you're Cole Caulfield, uh, who played the playoffs for the Habs and then came in the next year. Looked like a completely different player. Got sent down to the AHL. If he's already like lost his Calder eligibility, which is how I determine if you're in the prospects draft or the NHL draft. If you've lost your Calder eligibility, uh, you can still go back to the prospects league. You just have to be under 23 or 23 and under. So how does Nadelkovich work for that? Uh, so for goalies, it's 25 and under. Uh, goalies take a lot longer to develop. So I wanted to give people the option to... Riley's, Riley's just poking fun at the fact that Nijalkovic has been a, a Vezina, or sorry, not Vezina, that, that, would, that would be real impressive, uh, a Calder eligible, a Calder eligible goaltender for the last three years. Yes, I can talk. <laughs> yeah, he's a, an actually funny thing about Nijalkovic, he was a big, big name prospect when he came out, so it's really just goes to show how hard it is to scout goalies, uh, but... Yeah, so for this uh, for the prospects draft, you will have you will be making sixteen picks. What's interesting is I will allow roster sizes of twenty. So once the draft is over, you will basically have four extra roster spots where you can spend a hundred dollars of your bidding money to go and get prospects to fill out your team with. So what will be interesting about this is the hundred dollars you have to bid on players that that accounts for your prospects team and your NHL team. So if you spend $20 to get someone for your NHL team, that also goes, that takes away from the 100 you have for your prospects. So it's it's combined between both leagues. Is there a minimum bid? The minimum bid is $1. Perfect. I will not allow 10 cent bids because... Like uh, it's very convoluted. It, yeah, and then people, I, I don't want to be dealing with like, I'm bidding two ninety nine. No, I'm bidding two seventy two. It's like, no, no. We're just, just, just bid on the dollar mark. Um, if there's a tie... Between bids, it will go to the team that's worst in the um, in the league. 
Okay. Yeah, so so like kind of, kind of like, like if you're bidding on a prospect, it would be like prospect league standing. If you're bidding on an NHL, it would be NHL standing. Like, no, it'll yeah. be it'll be NHL league standing. Um, if the team, kind of like waiver wire. Yeah. So uh, before the season starts, obviously we won't have rankings. So whatever team was lower in the draft order will get the player. If we do have a tie on on a bid, um, I'm hoping after 512 players are drafted in the prospects league that people shouldn't be too desperate for more prospects. But there's always some that fall through the cracks. It's uh, for a good example. So for next year, uh, each team will have three draft picks going to next year that they can trade. Once again, if you trade draft picks for next season, be prepared to pay the league fee for next season. Um, I, I don't want people trading and running. It's just not acceptable overall. So um, be prepared to put uh, put your money forward if you do if you do become bold and uh, decide to go for it. That being said, with the three round draft, you have 96 picks next year, which means in next year's draft there are going to be some good players that fall through the cracks in the rookie draft. For a good example, if you just look at Canadian teams, since we're Canadian. We got a fifth round pick from last year, 150. Uh, Joshua Roy. Roy? Roy? Quoi? Yeah, he's a good Quebec boy. So he led the. It, it's not Joshua then, is it? Is Joshua? 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 Tabernacle. All right. Continue. So Joshua Roy, he led the QMJHL in scoring as a fifth round pick, uh, 150th overall. Uh, so he was the first overall pick in the QMJHL draft when he was drafted yep. into the Q. Um, just didn't play very well during COVID, but then COVID ends and suddenly, you know, he's back to normal and suddenly he's looking like a really, really, really good prospect. I actually talked to a few guys who work for Dauber and they said if he was to go back into the draft this year, he would probably be a first round prospect. He so, is from St. Georges de Beauce, Quebec. And he is signed by the Montreal Canadiens. There is potential for him to even be a uh, immediate impact player for the Habs next year. So if I just look at my rankings right now, he's the 29th ranked left winger uh, in, oh. the, in the CHL. I thought he was a center. No, he is a winger. Huh. Uh, so um, if you, there will be players that uh, in my draft rankings who will be a little bit lower than they probably should be. Uh, simply because I had to make a draft value rankings chart. So if you were like a exceptional status prospect, like a Connor McDavid or a Connor Bedard, your draft value would be two thousand. If you were a like a no doubt number one, you get seventeen fifty. Top five picks get fifteen hundred. First round picks get a thousand, and then so on. Um, just to interject quickly, the St. John Sea Dogs have won the Memorial Stanley Cup. Or not, not Stanley Cup. The Memorial Cup. <laughs> the Memorial Cup. Memorial Cup. Nice. That's really cool because they lost in the first round of the Quebec Major Junior Playoffs and then uh, qualified as the, the host team. Like, they fired they fired their coach before the Memorial Cup yeah, and I'm... replaced the, the, the outgoing coach with uh, Gardner McDougall, who's run the powerhouse university at new brunswick that's one like i don't know i forget the exact numbers but it it was between that for the for forever it felt like it was alberta or unb alberta or unb just those those were those two were the fun they were playing each other in the final and one of the two were winning every year um and it's 
pretty cool for him to jump behind the bench for the tournament and win the Memorial Cup. And I think he's going to go right back to New Brunswick's bench next year. Back to the league. Yeah, so, um, yeah, actually good for St. John's, which I'm not a fan of letting the team that hosts just automatically have a bid to the most prestigious CHL tournament. It just feels kind of cheap, especially when they win the tournament, but the fact they won proves that they weren't obviously that bad of a team, so I won't uh, I won't shit on them any more than I already have. Sorry to St. John's. You are all winners, clearly. They are. They are winners, yeah, so good for them. They've done more than I have. All right, uh, so I'm just going to answer a few questions here from group chats within my league here. So we had uh, the Dallas Stars ask, uh, uh, is there a games played age limit for prospects in the Prospects League? Uh, so he asks, um, so halfway through the season, do you have to call up prospects who reach exceed this limit? There is no limit for prospects. They can play their entire season at any point if they are brought up to the NHL. You can bring them up to the NHL. Uh, if they are then demoted back down to the juniors, as long as they're 23 and under, they can go back to your junior team and collect you points for your junior team. Now, your wording was can. You don't have to put them into your... Like, they won't collect points on the prospect if they've been brought up, but you don't have to put them in the lineup. Uh, so, if you have a prospect who is brought up to the NHL team yeah. and is playing, I will not allow you to hoard them on your prospects team. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I am... My goal is to not like have... If, if, for example, the, partially because his name just came up, yeah. like Mason McTavish, he played his... His trial in the yes. in the NHL last year. Could you leave him on the? You could leave him on the prospect team. So he will be he will be drafted into the prospects league. Uh, I'm assuming he will be a top five pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but like my main point is, if if a player like that's called up for a trial at the end of the season, you're like, I doubt he's going to play well. Can you leave him in like an empty spot, like not collecting points, or do you have to then put him in the NHL? So or like you Thomas Borrell, you have, 20, you have so. 23 roster spots on your NHL team. Yeah. Uh, if he is brought up to the NHL, yeah, I would like it for people when their prospects get called up for them to bring them to the NHL team because because we're in a 32 team league and everyone has 23 man or 23 man rosters. I, my goal uh, tentatively is to have everyone in the league have essentially the players that are actually in the NHL. I don't want guys hoarding AHL players or prospects and then you know. So if one team has, you know, 32 guys that are on NHL rosters, it's not going to work. Like they're going to have to drop some, trade some. Yeah. So um, eventually you're going to have surpluses or, you know. Um, but if, like, one player comes up for a trial, you're not going to, like, chop someone's legs out for not starting them? No, you don't have to start yeah. them, but you do have to bring them up to yeah. the NHL roster. Yeah, so that was my main question. So, yeah, because, because every night you will be starting, I think I'm going to set it as nine forwards, four defense, and a goalie. Um, you're going to have, you know, eight extra roster spots to guys who could potentially be playing, but you just won't start because you'll have better players. So, yeah, you're not obligated to start them, but you are obligated to bring them up, or at least I, I don't want guys who are in the NHL sitting in the Prospects League. That's pretty much my... Awesome. My, my thought on that. Um, uh, second question he has. So he says, say I have Shane Wright and he plays in the NHL. Can I keep him on the Prospects League and earn points there? That is basically what we just covered. That's what we just covered. Uh, yeah, so Shane Wright, no, if he's playing in the, in the NHL League, you don't collect, like if he scores like 80 points in the NHL League, no, you can't transfer those stats to the Prospects League. It does not work like that. This is not one of those. And those um, points would be collected separately if he plays like if 
not machine right, but someone that's AHL, then NHL. You could collect the AHL points and those when he gets called up, you don't lose those points, right? Uh, so if if a player plays in if like if a player plays the game in, in the AHL on Tuesday, yeah. uh, those points would go to his prospects team. Yeah. If he's called up on the Thursday to go play in the NHL and he scores a goal in the NHL, that goes to the NHL team. Yeah, and you don't lose those points that he previously previously got. No, you would not lose those points. If you yep. started him for the Tuesday game, you get him. Perfect. You don't... Um, I'm still kind of debating how I want to run the Prospects League since yep. it's a lot of data entry on my part and I am not getting paid for it. That being said, I do love the concept I have going here and it's honestly a lot of fun for me and I hope it's going to be a lot of fun for the 31 other owners. So hopefully all my work will be worth it. I just need people to know that it's a big undertaking to score the junior teams. So um, I might have to make a few small concessions there just to make sure it actually gets off and running. But for now, I am committed to doing the work. So this is a really cool idea. Someone should pay him for his work. Said a <laughs> little bird. Or anyone Yahoo. Tic Tac. Yeah, please, please, please hire me. I am currently unemployed. You want Tic Tacs to hire you? TikTok? Yeah, no, they can be our official sponsor. Would you like another yeah, one? Yeah, time for another. All right, you too, Stu. <laughs> Keep munching away. Um, so I actually wrote down a few things that I wanted to talk about here. <laughs> so the scoring setup for the league, um, I feel like some people have looked at the scoring setup and maybe have wondered what's up with some of it. Uh, let me just go over it for uh, those who haven't looked. You get... Let me make sure I'm actually doing this right here because I, I have a tendency to speak before I know things. So, the scoring. So, you get four points for every goal, three points for every assist. Uh, also, keep in mind, the scoring setup is the same from league to league. So, four for a goal, three for an assist. You get an extra point for any point that is scored in the power play. You get an extra two points for any point scored shorthanded. I know that was a point of contention with my friend Spencer. Uh... He is a Detroit Red Wings, by the way, so feel free to spam him with trade offers. Um, the two points for shorthanded, I honestly wanted that in there because I love it. you're going to have third and fourth line grinders on this team. It's just a fact of being in a 32-team league. And for the guys that actually kill penalties who are third and fourth liners, if they do score you a goal or score you an assist on the penalty kill, it's it's such an, you know it's such a boost to the team. It's such a, you know... I just I feel bad not rewarding the penalty killers for their hard work and their opportunistic. I love it. I'm, ways, I'm so full support of this. An extra point for your shorthanded boys. Um, extra two right? shots. Yeah, well, two yeah. points for every. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. An extra. Yep. No, another extra point on yep. top of the power play. Yeah. So uh, if you get a shot on goal, that is half a point. If you get a block shot for all you defensemen, you get half a point. If you get a hit. You get a quarter of a point because some hits can be incredibly useless and some can be incredibly useful. Whereas a block shot, unless it ends up in the back of your net, almost always pretty useful. So It's when you don't block the shot, but you try to and you screen your own goalie. That's when it's a problem. Yeah, but we don't have a stat for that. No, so. we don't. No, but Not yet. Not yet. But you're right. When we're block a shot, usually it's very useful. <laughs> so, Chris uh, Russell's contract with the Dallas Stars said that. Did it actually? I, I I don't know that it actually said that. I'm very gullible. You have to. You really have to spell these things out for me. Well, for paying him paying him four million dollars was uh, 
paying him for being the blocked shot leader. Well, to be fair, Taylor Hall was at one point traded for Adam Larson. Which, which uh, I will point this out. If someone does try to make a trade in similarly bad to Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, we have, as currently set up, I think it's going to be a five-man veto structure uh, between myself, Stuart, Riley, Evan, who is not here, and, uh, as I mentioned him earlier, Spencer. Look at that, Riley. You got elected to a board of governors. Horrifying. But I hate the Security Council. So the uh, the board of governors, now that's actually a good time to bring this up. So Spencer, is the he's the uh, Detroit Red Wings owner. He's also on the board of governors. He makes the fifth fifth owner. Do we have an owner from each, each division? We've we got uh, Montreal, Pittsburgh, yeah, Toronto, San Jose, and Detroit. So we got a lot. We're of, missing the central. We got a lot of one. We don't have, Yeah, we don't have the missing central. the central. It's we okay. don't have the met. Do we have the metro? Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. We can always find another one if we have yeah. to. But <laughs> the point is, the board of governors will decide upon any uh, sketchy trades. So I'm talking about trades that will ruin the integrity of the league. So if I if I see or if we if we if we smell collusion, there's a good chance this trade will be at least discussed. Uh, any trade that gets voted for potential veto will be brought up on future podcasts so we can explain why. Um, for the sake of transparency. For the sake of, sake of transparency and also maybe pointing out what trades are considered egregious and what trades are just considered ill-sighted. Now, um, I know you mentioned the Larson for Hall trade. Yes. What about the ball for Hall? I mean, whose side are you vetoing from? I would veto from Jersey's or from uh, from Arizona's side. I mean, both sides really didn't. I mean, hey, I mean, Kevin I mean, Ball can still get there. <laughs> Fuck, he's so big. I know. <laughs> uh, and you know what? That was an equally bad. You can't for... teach sides. <laughs> it's true. You can't teach sides. You really can't. But at some point, you can teach speed, and uh, <laughs> you can just get around the size. So. It's also, I, I've been told this by many women, but uh, it's the motion of the ocean. <laughs> you know what? If you want to self-roast, go for it. <laughs> Self-roasting is always fun. Back to the scoring setup, because we were, we were going through that. Uh, so hits, quarter of a point, block shot, half a point, shot on goal, half a point. Here's where my scoring setup gets fun. I have added... Face-off wins and face-off losses. Why have I done this? Well, Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, pretty much Patrice Bergeron. Um, I was looking through my old fantasy league, and he was, I think, 58th or 60th. I just, I feel like if you were looking at actual value of players, Patrice Bergeron is top 20. No way around it. He's top 20 in the NHL for value. So by adding a tenth of a point for every face-off win and a negative .05 for every loss... Patrice Bergeron goes from about 60th overall to about 20th. It's about where he really should be ranked. So, centers are much, much more valuable than wingers. Not necessarily if you're a bad faceoff center or if you don't win a lot of them. Or if you're a winger who forechecks and gets a lot of hits. Yeah. So, essentially, some centers are more valuable than others. But... You, you should never lose points because of this. Like, put it this way. You have to lose a the fair amount of face-offs. Wingers that take draws. Well, I was going to say yeah. William Nylander could be interesting because yeah. I've read about them, the Leafs possibly experimenting with him at center. I've also heard about Marner at center. Marner at center. And both of them have pretty good 
face-off numbers for mm-hmm. wingers. That'll be interesting. That, that adds a new dynamics. I, I like it. Yeah, so uh, the, the face-off, it's definitely an interesting stat. Um, the only thing I'm going to tell people ahead of time, for the Prospects League, block shots... Uh, hits and face-offs. I can't guarantee you I will be able to track those stats. Too much inconsistency in leagues, the yeah. tra- leagues tracking stats. So um, for the OHL, or pretty much any CHL team, I've been able to track power play points, shorthanded points, shots on goal, face-offs. I can't track block shots. And for the NCA, I can track block shots and face-offs, but I can't track power play points and shorthanded points. So when you see NCAA prospects and it tells you how many power play assists and how many shorthanded assists they have, just know that I have gone through about 40 box scores for each of those players to determine how many assists they had. I just say this so that when you want to go and draft someone who's not on my list, you will feel insanely guilty. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty much how I feel about that. So I'm just, uh, I'm just asking for a little bit of appreciation. For the for the uh, data entry that I am doing, he's doing amazing, sweetie. I don't I don't ask for much in this league. I just ask for uh, active owners and uh, and and people to be nice with each other. Because I go for walks every now and then. Does that count? I mean, as an active owner. Oh, and I, yeah. I mean, sure. Um, physically active. Yes, that's what I was talking about. Yes. Good job, Riley. Always adding such great analysis. Thank you. And then now I, feel, I feel bad to roast you on your own podcast. Oh no, that's that like that's ninety percent. I just roasted myself though, yeah. so it, it it's fair. It balances out. Oh, also another prospect. Wait, wait, hold on, no. just to make it fair. Fuck you, Stu. Cool. Oh, Continue. oh. Uh, one prospect. Oh. One prospect people should look into: Matt Bay Petrov. He was a sixth round pick from the Oilers. He is criminally low ranked on my rankings because of his draft value being a sixth round pick. He was. Um, more than a point-per-game player in the OHL, and he's a winger who is going to be playing on the Edmonton Oilers in the future if they don't trade him. Hmm, interesting. So I'm just pointing out Make- there are players, if you go further down the list, whose draft values are lower, but their dynasty value might be somewhere that puts them you know, amongst 30. That kind of, that kind of statistical year makes me think Connor Brown and Kevin LeBanc. But yeah, well, I mean, Connor Brown's been a 20 goal scorer. Similar, so. like guys like Joshua Raw, who, who I brought up, uh, Matt Bay Petrov. Um, there's more, but I, I, I really just noticed them because they're Canadians. Where does, uh, where does Logan Stankoven fall? Logan Stankoven, let me figure out. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep moving here. We also have to do a few other things on this. Oh, I'm not happy with you now. All right. I Fuck just, you, Stu. Well, it's, oh, yeah, uh, it's all over now. Really mess up. Oh, there we go. Fixed it. Uh, I can't find Stankoven. What position does he play? Winger. I want to say he's the left wing. Left? I want to say he's left I don't see him on the left or the right side. Is and I'm center? sure I saw him. I, I'm sure I've covered him already. He yeah, he is Dallas. the 13th ranked center prospect. Oh, okay. Uh, eligible skaters, he goes to 17th. Okay. That's good, Bob. So, all right. And then we didn't talk about penalty minutes. Uh, yeah, so for the prizes, I have roughly worked out the prize system here. Uh, we've covered maybe one or two of them. But uh, because it is a $50 buy-in, oh, we just got a new owner, folks. Oh, sorry. Live on the podcast, new ownership announced. What's the uh, the terms of agreement? 
Uh, so one second here. Uh, we have two teams available for him to choose from. I believe Columbus and Philly. Nash? Unless I'm wrong. I might be wrong, though. I, I have no clue anymore who is in this league and who isn't. It's become a. It's been. It's been quite a. Quite a few days here, but uh, so for the prizes, so sixteen hundred dollars in prize money. May I point out now? I know it's two leagues. You are not paying league fees for either league. I am covering the entire league fee for everyone because I am just so nice, and also I don't want people worrying about cost. So your entire fifty dollars all goes to prize money. How do prizes work? Well, because we've got sixteen hundred dollars in prizes. I'm thinking an $800 Stanley Cup winner, since you get about half the pot. So there's plenty left for others. Now, I'm thinking $25 goes to the division winners for each NHL division. So now we have $900 in prizes covered. I was then thinking for the Stanley, not the Stanley Cup, the, uh, we're going to call it the Calder Cup trophy for sure. the Prospects League. I'm thinking... I'm thinking $300, but I might do $400. Depends on how many people decide they just want overagers on their prospects team. Because if people just draft overagers, they're clearly not actually going for the the NHL side. They're really just going for prospects that are going to score points. So, um, yeah, so we've got $100 dedicated to division winners. Uh, there will be a $100 prize for the uh, regular season uh President's Trophy? Yeah, the President's Trophy winner will get $100. So if you, well, they'll get $200 because they will have won their division. 125 Right. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. 25 yeah. for each division yeah. winner. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. But that's making you can't win all four divisions. <laughs> yeah. Is that a challenge? <laughs> so uh, then... Can you relocate and win <laughs> all four divisions? So for the team, so, so far we've got uh, 1100 1200 So we have $300 in prizes left. Uh I was thinking, uh, because there will be, I'm thinking 20 weeks in the season, because we have a bit of a longer playoff, since there's 16 teams, and we're going to do four rounds of playoffs. So uh, each team that has the highest scoring week will get $10. So there will be 20 uh, weekly high score winners. Does everyone make playoffs? 16 teams from makes playoffs in the NHL, 16 the prospects. Perfect. Um, same as the NHL and the AHL. Uh, so now we have $100 of prizes left. Uh, I'm thinking of doing a $25 prize for the team with the most World Junior players. I think we covered that already. Uh, the World Juniors will also carry a double points prize. Uh, then, double um, points collection. Collection, yeah, yeah, not a prize, yeah. sorry. And then uh, for the other small prizes, I was thinking of having a um, prize for the team that scores with the highest scoring forwards, the highest scoring defense, the highest scoring goalies. So we do Vezina Trophy, Norris, Norris Trophy, and then Art. Basically, the Art, Art Ross. Art Ross, yeah, I guess. Or, like, the last defenseman to win it was. And was then, defenseman? And then uh, I think we would or, call this the, the, uh, the Heart and Soul Trophy, but this would go for the team that has the most penalty minutes. I'm, I, I got a lot of These are so. all like $5 prizes, so these are just kind of small prizes. But either way, we will find a way to make this all equal $1,600. But the point is, I want everyone to have a chance at winning some money back or winning a good amount of money. I just don't want one team taking the entire pot home and then 31 other people being like, all right, I'm on 50 bucks. So I, I, I like the idea of multiple people having a chance to win something. That minimum, keep in mind, guys, like you're paying 50 bucks for the amount of work this guy's put in. 
Yeah. Um, like, I, and he's not even collecting that money. I, I really don't want to harp too much on it, but yeah, this is a fair amount of work. Yeah. So the last, the last Art Ross Trophy winner who was a defenseman was Robert Orr in 1975. Called it. <laughs> okay, so the only thing we have not yet covered, and I think this is what everyone in the league who uh, knows is knows to listen to this podcast is really waiting for. So uh, check the minute mark here, Stu. I want to timestamp it. <laughs> yeah, um, we will definitely timestamp it for the people that really really just want to know where they're picking. But I highly recommend you listen to the rest of this because I hope I've covered a few details that... Of clarification? Yeah, if not, if, I've just, made you, if I've just made you more confused, uh, I understand. Uh, I do a really good job of confusing people. Uh, so I apologize, but I hope I've covered most of the important topics. I understand it more now. That's good. And I also know that I'm going to win that Heart and Soul trophy. Yeah, the Heart and Soul trophy, it's $5. So, I mean... Yeah, you do you. If you and want to pride. Win you know the amount of pride I get out of the... Anyways, I won't distract us any further. Should we uh, get on with the lottery results? So, the lottery results. We determined the lottery about an hour and a half ago via the video game NHL 22. Uh, we hit randomize and basically went from 32 to 1. Um... I, I I can promise that uh, the objectivity was maintained. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, it was retained. Intact. Intact. Yes. So picking thirty first in the NHL draft, and first in the prospect, and picking first in the prospects draft, which is one I think they will care about the most, is the Anaheim Ducks. Congratulations, Anaheim! You have your pick of prospects. So, uh, picking 31st and 2nd in the Prospects League draft is the New Jersey Devils. 30th overall goes to the Washington Capitals. The 29th overall pick to yours truly, Mr. Riley, the San Jose Sharks. First, I would also like to bring up congratulations to the cup-winning Colorado Avalanche. Uh, You pick 28th. That's much better than the actual uh, Colorado Avalanche. You get to pick... Oh, they don't get to pay at all. No, they have they <laughs> traded their picks pretty much. Yeah. But they want a cup, so they They want a cup, so. We now have the Columbus Blue Jackets coming in at twenty-seven. Alrighty. So at twenty-five. No. Sorry, twenty-seven is the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yes. Okay, I'm all over. Twenty-six, we are at the Winnipeg Jets. To keep the Canadian flavor going, we have the Montreal Canadians. Evan, that's you. Yeah, at twenty-five. We now have the Minnesota Wild at 24. That's wild. 23, we have the New York Islanders. 22, the first class, uh, classy organization. Sorry, uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Sorry, I I, I, I could have been nicer there. Well, you could have just stayed silent. Oof. Oof. Uh, (laughs) 21, we've got the Calgary Flames. Oh, that was good. Oh, really... Really, trying not to laugh too loud there. Uh, 20, we've got... You could have told Riley to, to not say anything. Oh, just, just, it hurts, it hurts. Moving swiftly forward. Yeah, we've got the uh, Vegas Golden Knights at 20. Now at 19, we're moving towards the middle of our draft here. We've got Dallas Stars. 118, we have the New York Rangers. We are khaki Rangers. At 17, back to Canada, we've got the Vancouver Canucks. Now, right smack dab in the middle, we've got 
Oh, staying on the West Coast, we've got the Los Angeles Kings. Getting now. a little warmer down the coast. Moving out to the Midwest, I think. <laughs> With 115, we have our St. Louis Blues. Yep, that's Midwest. Okay, just, just making sure. I found geography was much easier in English than in French. <laughs> uh, Carolina Hurricanes, we have at 114. At 113, we have the Buffalo Sabres. At 112, the Philadelphia Flyers, who are currently unowned. So if you want to move up in the draft order, you can switch. But can I relocate to Philly? The, the Philly Sharks? No. Can, oh, yes. Uh, if you want to relocate, uh, you will be allowed to relocate your NHL team after the first season, but it does have to go through the Board of Governors approval. Ah. Um, uh, also, if you're a team like Arizona, we probably won't tax you to move to Quebec or Hamilton. But if you want to move a team like Chicago or like a, like one of the OGs. If you're going to move Montreal, Evan. You might want to broaden me. Yeah. yeah, there's going to be some there's there's going to be some issues there. Uh, also, if you do move your NHL team, we expect you to move your AHL team somewhere uh, geographically close. Just just for realism, we're really going for realism in this league. Uh, so, uh, the uh, question that I think is on everyone's mind: Will Connor McDavid be going to the Edmonton Oilers? That is a no, because the Edmonton Oilers will be picking eleventh. Unless so. Connor somehow slips to eleven, I don't see maybe, that. Maybe maybe Kyle Connor. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> that, Kyle that's Connor. probably more reasonable. That's more realistic. Uh, we have the uh, oh, we have the newly minted Seattle Kraken at ten. Oh, reasonable. Uh, now I know a bunch of you are probably thinking uh, the commissioner has colluded and uh, managed to secure himself the first overall pick. Uh, that is not indeed true. I have the ninth overall pick, which also does mean that you have late. 20s for your prospect? Yeah, it means that I have the uh, 24th pick in the prospect draft. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of a no man's land, if so, you ask me. I'm, I'm kind of like outside of that elite tier of NHL guys, but I'm not really going to be getting an elite prospect. Watch him end up with like Ovi. Yeah, I don't think I'm picking Ovi at 9, but we'll see. We'll see. He's still a pretty... He's uh, still going to have 40 goals. Yeah, he could still have another three years of, of elite production. So, I mean, realistically... Ah, as much as I, as much as people are going to want to play the dynasty angle here, three years of elite production, yeah, it's you can't really you can't really pass that up. And I mean, do you want to have Alex Ovechkin on your team when he sets the goal record? Yeah, that'd be pretty darn cool. That would be cool. Makes no difference to the league. Makes no difference to the league, but, but it's, it's still cool. pretty darn cool. Anyways, uh, continuing on, I don't know if I said this, but we have the Florida Panthers at eight. Uh, staying in the sunny weather, we have the Arizona Coyotes. At seven. The Arizona State Coyotes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Whoever has the Coyotes, if you want to relocate, it is highly um, suggested. Yeah. Yeah, we would like it if you relocated after the first year. I hear that Houston has a facility. I hear that Quebec is also... Uh, Mexico you know, City has, could be a fun way to go. See. See. <laughs> Honestly, let's get a team out in like Germany or France or something. I mean, you, you really hope you don't have a home-and-home. Home. Travel yeah. a little bit of a bitch. Just play the first half of the season on the road and the second half of the season at home. Actually, not a bad idea. No. Uh, at six, we have uh, one of the Board of Governors, my friend Spencer Wallace uh, from the Detroit Red Wings, picking six. We've got, at 105, we've got the Tampa Bay Lightning. Maybe getting Kucherov. Maybe getting Kucherov, yeah. There's there's actually a chance here for Not players to end up on their uh, on their natural teams here. 
I don't think though anyone from Nashville will be going at four. Yossi? Uh, like again, I doubt it, but like maybe. Uh, he did. He he's coming off a hundred yeah. point season. For that, for that to happen, you'd have McDavid, probably no. Matthews, Drysital. It means, it, or unless McCarr's going at two or three. I don't know. We, we, we might find out who's going at two. Uh, at three, we have the Ottawa Senators. And at two, Mr. Stu. Staying in Ontario. Staying in Ontario. Will it be Austin Matthews? Can you tell us right now? Good question. If yeah. Connor McDavid is taken, who are you taking to? It could very seriously be Kale McCarr, but it might be Austin Matthews. Alrighty. Well, I don't know. If Connor McDavid... Is is on the board? If Connor McDavid's on the board, I'm definitely taking Connor at yeah, two. That's that's the right <laughs> Well, since I uh, butchered this and I announced the second pick before the first pick, a lot of people are going to be wondering like, what team has he not named yet? Well, there's going to be one guy jumping for joy. That is the Boston Bruins. Congratulations! Unless you're stupid, you have Connor McDavid. Enjoy beating Stu in seven. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that hurts. <laughs> One last joke in at the Toronto Maple Leafs' expense. <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah, so uh, I'm not going to run through that again. Um, I will be putting out this uh, the draft order on the Fantrax website relatively soon. Um, I have the prospects. And this episode will be on Spotify for you to listen to and listen to and listen to. And just get our listens up. Yeah, and uh, frankly, um, I would like to say thank you. I don't know why I said frankly. Um, that sounds like it. I was going to yeah, say something controversial. My, my, I'm, I'm my, very... Listen, my name's Riley. You don't I'm, need to call me Frank. I'm, frankly. Yeah. I'm, I'm very uh, I'm very happy to have been on here. This has been a, a very fun experience for me. My first ever podcast, You liking that? I, I am. Yeah. I, I'm really getting... I'm really starting to feel like I'm, I'm a personality. So. We like Kevin. We might have him back sometime. Yeah, I hope to be back for future episodes talking about the, the Dynasty League. Yeah, as long as he, he pays his like, appearance fees, I'm happy. Yeah, um, I, I definitely would say, though, uh, if you are in this league, do your best to stay on top of the prospects. I'll do my best to give you information that will help you with that. Now that you know where you're picking, start to strategize, start to think about where you might want to start taking certain players. Evan, remember Logan Mayu will probably be on the board when you come up? Uh, yeah, which reminds me, I don't know if I brought up Logan Mayu, but um, he, I downgraded him in my my rankings profiles because uh, there's just a lot of unknowns surrounding mm-hmm. him, whether or not he will be accepted by the new Montreal front office is still yet to be seen. He really only, I think he only played 12 games in London this year. So well, he only, yeah, he only joined the team in, in January. Yeah, no. Keep in mind, his numbers were pretty good. Uh, I can pull them up here. Actually, he uh, he had three goals and six assists in twelve games, five power play points. You know, he he looks like he could be a pretty solid player. He's got some size. He's he's got some decent offensive skill. He Questionable should, character. We don't know, know. He should be an NHL player. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's just there's some questions about his his future. Uh, so for guys like that, yeah, you're gonna want to take them with a grain of salt or a cubic foot of salt, um, or not touch them with a ninety nine and a half foot pole. Thank you everyone for listening. If you're in my if you're in my fantasy league, and if you're not, thank you for putting up with this uh, very long talk about a league you're not even going to be in. Hey, I mean, if someone has to drop out, you could buy in on their team. Exactly. So uh, if you like what we're what, like what we're talking about, and you decide you want to get in, just uh, 
you know, shoot one of Riley or Evan or Stuart a message and or say, you can also send an email to our podcast email, uh, oh. at the real housewives hockey, do- uh, at gmail.com. I did not know that. That's a good plug. That's a very good plug. Yeah. And once again, I'm, uh, I'm true North Jag, uh, short for Jaguar, uh, on Twitter. So if you want to add me for some occasional, uh, beautiful cars, I, I have some, I have some <laughs> great, uh, insight into the world. Um, I, I'm, I'm just a lovely person to follow on Twitter. Keeping in mind, he doesn't follow the strong bone. It's, it's a, and if, it's a real hellscape out there, but, <laughs> and if you're not in the league and you send one of us a message and there's no spots in the league, Send Yahoo a league. Set or send Yahoo an email. Send Fantrax an email and say, "Go hire this Kevin Ostigi guy so I can be in a league that he's running." Yeah, I don't know how many leagues I would want to run, but <laughs> if I can design a new concept for them, or if at least add some stats to Fantrax for junior prospects, that would be lovely. Or so provide, you them new, provide them a new format. That too. Yeah. Um, the two league setup is is. I know it's already on some people's nerves, including mine. Um, it's it's not ideal, but having this in one league would mean you're not able to set your junior lineup. And I I can't just intuitively know who each person wants to start every day. Like every day. So um, having you be able to set your lineup makes my life that much easier. And you're not paying for the extra league. So, you know, you can complain all you want, but it's... it's uh, it's probably not going to change until at least next year. So maybe get a new, maybe get a new website or a new something going, but for now, this is how it's going to be. So, well, yeah. So thank you all for listening and joining us. It's been Riley, Kevin, and Stu for the real housewives. Okay.